Hello and welcome to Radio Free Use. I'm your host, Sylvie, aka And I'm Lucy, also And we are horny transsexuals. We're in your area. Hot transsexuals near me? Click here to find more. I'm clicking. You should click, listener. Famously famous. Famously famous. I'm famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. I'm like the tranny Kim Kardashian. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to actually figure out where we're starting. Where do we start? What fucked up shit gets you off? Oh, God. Um, so much. I like... I, I really hate being one of those people when I'm like hooking up with a new partner and they're like what are you into and I'm like like I, I, I like legitimately just have broad tastes and I have to then go through like the fucking laundry list of perversions which is fun I love the laundry list of perversions broad tastes is that because you're interested in women yeah that's right that's right because I am a lesbian and I will not hear otherwise thank you very much Despite recent activities. What, no, the, the activities are not real. They're, they're, they're theoretical activities. Talking to men on Grindr is, is theoretical. The men are not real until you actually meet them. I don't know how to tell you this, but it is deeply unfortunate that the men on Grindr are real. The men on Grindr are figments of my imagination. Which explains why they're all so fucked up. <laughs> I was gonna say they're they're the psychosis people, psychosis figures. Yeah, the psychosis grinder guys. Yeah. Um, what did I come to the other night? Um, I was thinking about being in the stocks at and just having a line of people behind me waiting to use me and not being able to know who it is and just being offered up freely. So. A kind of free use. Hey, that's, the, that's the, certified free use kink right here. All right, that's that's the radio free use. Everyone, thank you for stopping by. <laughs> what did you come to the other night, bestie? <laughs> Fuck, um, that's a hard one because I don't think the last time I came was at night. I think it was during the day. Oh, and so I'm really trying to hard to think about what it was. Let me let me check my 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 what was I this is the wrong app. Let's see let's see what I liked most recently on my porn account and that will tell mm-hmm. that will tell you. On which app though? Twitter, of course. Twitter, of course. Of course, of course. Um let me see. Um it looks like some combination of like torture and chastity, which is like kind Ooh. of a regular 
you know, like the chastity part is just like ancillary to mm-hmm. the torture. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a lovely combination. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, torture torture has been big re- for me recently. Mm-hmm. It showed up in a lot of your writing. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of torture. Um, like, all I'm saying is some of the shit that is technically a war crime, they were kind of cooking with that. Mm-hmm. If your sex does not violate the Geneva Convention, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I'm just a puppy. I... I'm neither smart nor a girl. I'm just a kid. Oh, I'm just a kid. I'm just a puppy. We're not even five minutes in and we're animal noise. <laughs> what did you expect? I started fucking dysphoria. I started the episode of dysphoria with barking. That's how the episode started. It was all downhill from there. <laughs> I feel like it's hard to improve from barking. I like, you know, gotta start off on a high note. I need to show you something, because when we were hanging out last night, we were discussing gooning. Yes. Um, you know that, like, painting of all the, like, the Renaissance painting of all the Greek philosophers? Oh, the, like, Raphael? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That was us discussing gooning. Yes, absolutely. And I have to inform you about something. Oh dear. Oh, here we go. The big reveal. The big reveal is that someone you thought (sighs) the first quote-unquote trans woman I ever saw on screen darling Ella Hollywood Mm -mm. is not Ella Hollywood. There's a whole, we're doing like a, a, a reverse reveal, but the reveal is not that <gasps> she has a dick. It's the girl with a dick is not actually a girl. This is, this is a heave. No! Heave. I was jerking off to a heave. Yeah. I mean, not, and to be clear, the, the account is still good. Oh, nice, nice Ahagal. Yeah. Classic. Famously non-problematic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but the, the thing is, they are famous gooner. Because gooning kind of reminds me of... We're just going to leave this up. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it reminds me of... Have you seen those TikTok videos? Where it's like a TikTok live, and based on the emojis that they receive, they like do an action, like an AI. Yeah, someone explained that to me a couple weeks ago, and it fucking blew my mind. And isn't it like people like spam emojis to try and get the person to like quote unquote glitch? Yeah. And it's like a sexual thing also? I don't know. TikTok is so fucking weird. It, I don't understand. And we should, as Zoomers, understand. I, like, was on TikTok pretty frequently from, like, 2019 to 2021. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like, the peak TikTok years. Um, 
And I just, I don't fucking understand it at all now. I don't think I really understood it then, but, like, I at least felt like I had my finger on, like, the pulse of Zoomer culture, and I could be a more accurate representative to older generations of, like, yeah, this is what's, you know, hip with the kids. Mm-hmm. But now I, like, I don't know. I, I feel out of touch. I'm out of touch at 22. Damn. And I'm out of time at 23. <laughs> Music references that are funny and will be included in the final episode. We don't need to. <gasps> Do you know what day it is? It's September 14th. Feliz Jueves! <laughs> it is Thursday. <laughs> and beyond being Feliz Jueves! It's Out of Touch Thursday. It is Out of Touch Thursday. Happy Out of Touch Thursday, listeners. Happy Out of Touch Thursday. Feliz Jueves. Feliz Jueves. Alright. I want to see this femboy jerking off. Let's watch this femboy jerk off. Yeah, because, like, I don't know what the difference is between, like, solo porn and, like, specifically, like, Porn of someone gooning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Trying to see if there's, like, links. They post so little, shockingly. Well, I mean, these are all reposts, but, like, this is, like, from August. This is, Damn. like... You know what? I actually... I want to amend my earlier statement that I was uh, jerking off to an HRT femboy. I think at the time, I was probably, like... I don't know, like, 16 or 17... Mm-hmm. And I think I probably wasn't even, like, looking at it as, like, jerk-off material. I was just, I think I was just genuinely fascinated, mm-hmm. you know, that, like, never really seen a trans woman before fascination. And having that, like, I don't know, ripped away is, is like, kind of fucking me up, not gonna lie. That's that's why uh, that's why I'm also secretly an HRT femboy now. Mm. It's because uh, in early uh, transition childhood, I was ex- I was exposed to HRT femboys as a young age, uh, and it permanently fucked up my brain. Social contagion. Social contagion. That's right. It's it's really interesting that you bring up um, part of the the seeing the first trans woman in porn. I'm not the first, and I, mean, I well, certainly won't be the last. But that's for so long. I mean, another impetus for starting this podcast was the fact that until 1964, all media containing trans women was considered porn, regardless of how pornographic it was. That's like one of the legacies that has endured, even, you know, what at this point, almost 60 years later. Um... Yeah, the primary I mean, mode of introduction to transness is still porn. Yeah, and it, like, forever clouds how a lot of people see us. I mean, for people who are introduced to trans women through porn, I feel like you either go one of two routes, which is uh, you become trans or you become transphobic. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, there's a secret third option where you're trans and transphobic. We, we all know about the secret third option. Um, 
But like, you know, I feel like that, that really ties into all of those studies you see of like the states uh, with the highest consumption of trans porn are all the same states that have the highest rates of anti-trans laws being passed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is because it, it so much comes from a place of, like, personal insecurity in your own masculinity, um, and having this, like, double standard of, you know, actively perpetuating transgenocide while getting off to us. It's like, they don't actually want to legislate us out of existence, they just want to legislate us out of the public eye and out of anywhere where they will actually encounter us in the real world outside of, like, their fucking DL grinder hookups, you know? Yeah, and I think, I think to that, the principal or primary driver of transphobia is, like, the recognition of trans people. It isn't, um... I've seen some people be like, oh, it's the difference. They're afraid of the difference. But no, it's... It, you, no one is transphobic without recognizing the existence of trans people, mm-hmm. right? Like, it comes from the presence of trans people. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, that's why it's been, like, the more public trans lives become, the greater the backlash is. Mm-hmm. And that's the trap of visibility. The... Trap of visibility. Uh, Every time I go on vacation, there's a tourist trap. (laughs) I'm just imagining you as, like, a little, like, anime femboy at the beach uh, in, like, a, like, stripy bikini. Yeah, it's, you know, pretty accurate. Pretty accurate, yeah. Yeah. I don't have a stripy bikini. I should get one. You should. Like, a little, like, blue and white striped, a little, like, ruffle around the waist. Oh, God, yeah. Really go for the anime femboy aesthetic. Because I am also an HRT femboy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a girl, I'm a sissy, I'm a kitty, I'm an HRT femboy. We are reclaiming sissy on this podcast. Listeners, This we are coming with this right out the gate. This is a hill we will die on. We are reclaiming sissy because it's really hot to be called a sissy while getting fucked. That is that is the primary motive. We are reclaiming slurs because they turn us on. <laughs> and honestly, many such cases. I we are not unique in this. I can't think of a single homophobic or trans slur that doesn't turn me on a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Maybe poof? That's like, that's like your granny's homophobic slur. Yeah, it's not, it's not a good slur. Ooh, I wouldn't want to be called fruit or fruity during sex because it's become so much of like a, a, a like, the Zoomers have like reclaimed it in like a pop culture way where it's like, you know, like straight cis people are saying fruity constantly uh, in reference to anything that's vaguely queer, and in that sense, I don't want to be associated with that word at all. That and queen. If anyone calls me queen, I will immediately throw hands. That feels like fucking misgender.
We're looking for a video of someone gooning. Goon Hill Zone 1 from Game Grumps. What in the goddamn... Because gooning has become popular recently. Is it reaching the point where gooning doesn't actually mean anything? I think that's the problem. This person does goon. Okay, but but how do you know? I've seen. I've seen the goon cave. You've seen the goon cave. Let's go to... Here we go. Top 500 gooner, right there. <laughs> Self-advertised top 500 gooner. I've, like, being a, like very well-known porn star and having like your twitter bio advertising you as a gooner is a really interesting way to market yourself i don't know i think like this is what we do on this podcast we overanalyze horniness i think it says a lot about like this like the state of of what people want from their porn Mm -hmm. uh which says a lot about what people want from their sex lives um and to me, it kind of reflects, like, uh, you know, I don't want to get into, like, 2015, the Atlantic sex recession bullshit. Um, but, like, yeah, it, I, I think it is kind of a similar thing, where it's, like, there is a critical mass of people for whom finding, uh, like, actual IRL sex is, uh, you know, either too much work or not feasible for whatever reason uh at least in their mind um and it's it's like you know we all want to see some version of ourselves reflected in porn to an extent um and i find it really interesting that like with gooning oh fuck (laughs) there's the goon cave (laughs) holy shit that's a fucking goon cave okay so they're in this room with like 10 monitors all diff- playing different One, porn two, clips. Yeah. Two, um, three, four, five, and they are six, taking like a selfie video of themselves jerking off to it yeah. uh, with the caption, Hail Satan, or whatever gooners say nowadays. Um, like, that's really interesting that the part of themselves that people want to see reflected in porn is like being a grody porn addict. I think, I think there's something interesting. Like, Gooning is not a kink that could have existed ten years ago. Yeah, in the way that it does now. I mean, maybe like obviously twenty years ago, absolutely not. Um, Just the internet, no one could do that, and I think it's really tied into that when people are looking for something in their sexuality, as you were talking about, people are looking for themselves and people don't see themselves in partnered sexuality Mm -hmm. they see themselves jerking off and i think that's so weird to to think about i don't think it's bad like obviously when we're talking about like watching someone else jerk off it's like (laughs) it reminds me of this comment i saw on a J.O.I. video. Oh, I used to be super into that shit. Oh, fuck me too. Oh my god. Quote unquote boys who were into J.O.I. in high school are transsexual HRT femboys now. You heard it here first. Absolutely. Well, because I was so into that, but the caption was, you know, like, the scene, the setup, 
was that, oh, well, you're both naked and both jerking off. Why don't you fuck in the, in the setting? So first of all, it's a JY video. Yeah. But, like, the point is not to fuck. You, yes. It, like, for the listener who... Uh, the singular listener. The singular <laughs> listener who doesn't know what it is. JOI stands for Jerk Off Instruction, and it's basically uh, a video where the performer, uh, usually a woman, um, will basically guide you through jerking off, um, often like jerking off along with you, the person watching, um, and it, there's, it, it'll be like, you know, like edging, um, and just like a lot of just, like, talking to you, uh, like, as the viewer watching it, um, and it, like, it's, looking back on it, it's, like, such a, like, sad and lonely genre of porn, because it is so clearly just, like, it, it comes from this need of wanting sexual connection with other people, and, like, not just substituting it with porn, substituting it with porn that directly acknowledges you, the viewer. Yeah. And I think that making porn, like, recursively subjective is, is so fascinating. Because, you know, I think about this in terms of, like, you've got, like, gonzo porn, which is, you know, porn that acknowledges the camera opera, right? And then you have porn that, like, takes that one step further and just, like, is mimicking content. Mm-hmm. You know, I talked about this on our episode we did with Dysphoria and Fag Talk, but there's porn that, like, imitates, like, these, you know, we put five people who are one thing in a room and one of them's a secret liar. There, It's a fake. And we have to figure out who that is. Or... You know, like, we recreated Tinder in real life. It's, like, BuzzFeed content, but it's porn. Yeah. And and it just... I think it's so weird, because from a media philosophy perspective, <laughs> you're thinking about, like, the media is the message. Porn is web video. Like, porn begat web video. Mm-hmm. And now it's fully, like, an Ouroboros. The, the the Ouroboros porn, and yes, or, I'm talking about Full Metal Alchemist. Or, I have never seen Full Metal Alchemist. <sighs> Lust. There is a character named Lust. The villains of Full Metal Alchemist are the Seven Deadly Sins. Based. Um, also, uh, Envy is a canonically non-binary little shit, uh, and I love them. But your conversation about gonzo porn uh, actually seamlessly transitions into a discussion of this very interesting book I've been reading called The Misfits uh, by a one um, Colin Wilson, uh, who is uh, an asshole. Uh, Colin, if you ever find this podcast slash if you're still alive, fuck you. You're a fucking piece of shit, you transphobic asshole. The first two chapters of this book, listeners, are uh, a bunch of transphobic bullshit. But if you manage to make it past the transphobic bullshit slash just skip the first two chapters, they're, they're useless. Um, he provides a really interesting, uh, like, 
history overview of uh, written porn and its effects on, like, social perversion consciousness. Mm -hmm. Um, And your discussion of uh, porn being self-reflective is literally, like, almost word for word uh, a reflection of the discussion he has about this book that came out in uh, Victorian England called My Secret Life. Um, which was uh, claimed to be uh, an autobiography written by this still anonymous author who referred to himself as Walter, uh, who, like, the the conceit of the book is, like, uh, Mr. Walter is, like, the horniest man alive. Uh, and it is a extremely thorough and deeply disturbing um, and very poorly written uh, recap of his entire sexual history in a book, uh, which obviously caused quite a stir at the time, um, and hadn't really been done before. Uh, and obviously there's a lot of embellishment, uh, or we can assume there's a lot of embellishment. Uh, there's no way to actually hold this anonymous author accountable. But, uh, the author recounts this really interesting scene that I won't get into detail because it, uh, describes some subjects that we don't need to discuss on the first episode of the podcast. Walter was a horrible human being. But, um, he, uh, uh, insists on having sex in, um, a room with a mirror. And, uh, he's also, the, Walter describes himself being very insistent on his partners, uh, repeating what is happening as they are fucking. Um, it's a lot of, like, like, you know, whose pussy, uh, is this kind of bullshit. Uh, but, uh, Colin, the author, says, um, that what made Walter feel the most successful in his sexual exploits, uh, was not only achieving satisfaction, but that, uh, he had succeeded in becoming conscious of having achieved his satisfaction, hence the self-reflectiveness. And he goes on to say on the next page, um... Uh, that he 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 compares like human sexuality to animal sexuality a lot, which is probably not super helpful from a scientific standpoint, but it's helpful in making his points. He says that animal sex is unreflective, uh, meaning it is it is you know motivated by pure instinct, uh, quote unquote, a mechanical response to the smell of estrum. But in Desaad and Swinburne and quote unquote Walter, sex is striving to become self-reflective. Animal sex is a simple physical pleasure, like eating or sunbathing. The Victorian people had learned to turn it into a mental exercise, like appreciating poetry or listening to music. Animal sex is a passive experience. The Victorians were trying to use it as a device for the control of consciousness. And I think we can, uh, aside from maybe the control of consciousness part, um, I think we can apply that idea of, uh, pornography, uh, striving to create self-reflective sexual experiences as not just unique to these, you know, authors from hundreds of years ago, uh, but as being still true to this day in a lot of porn. Um, and I think that, like, the, uh, the human desire to have, uh, like, self-reflective sex that works on both the physical and imaginative level, um, is, like, crucial in achieving what he describes as, like, 
increased vitality, which is a word that you can kind of construe to mean whatever you want. Um, but I think of it as like self-actualization through like deviant sex acts, basically. Um, and to tie it to my own experience, I find that to be very true. I find that like the the sex that is often like the most fulfilling has a significant degree of self-reflectiveness. Um, my boyfriend the other week did like a very similar thing that Walter describes in this scene where it put a, a, a mirror or it moved like my big mirror in my bedroom right to the foot of my bed uh, so that I could watch myself getting fucked. And that like heightened the experience to such a new level in a way that I totally did not expect. It's like totally the same idea of, of self-reflective sexuality. How do you achieve self-actualization through deviant sex acts, bestie? Um, to keep it on the topic, it's kind of thinking also about how to turn a scene into pornotopia. Pornotopia, Porn meaning? Pornotopia is a concept in like critical theory and porn studies, and like media studies too, I guess, or whatever. But it's this idea that you can create this place which is itself pornography as this, um, as it connects to the senses. Not necessarily erotic I want to go there. But yeah, that's the point. It's like creating scenes that are everything is constructed towards my own pleasure. Mm -hmm. Every element. Um, and this is like where my very personal meticulous nature comes in. Every element is technical... Every element has a purpose in my pleasure and in heightening my pleasure and in heightening my experience um, thereof. Mm -hmm. So how, how does one go about creating Pornotopia? Or at least pursuing the ideal of Pornotopia yeah, it's, it's, in it's, the material world? It's like you're never going to actually catch it. Sure. But you can reach towards it and that reaching is fun. Um, I think genuinely you got to sit down and like plan like you can't just like like when you're planning a scene think about it like a play mm -hmm. think about it like a movie think about it as something that has direction mm -hmm. like you're not gonna be surprised by anything that happens in the scene hmm. you know every element as it comes together just as you know it's like reading the Wikipedia article about a movie before watching it. You know everything about it, but if it's a good enough movie, the experience, the whole experience that is longer, that has visual auditory elements, you see the acting, there's the score. When it all comes together, you're like, this is, you know, nothing. I wasn't surprised I had it all spoiled for me, but the whole experience itself is worth it. Greater than the sum of its parts. Greater than the sum of its parts. On a side note, if your consumption of media revolves around not getting spoiled by plot beats, you live a deeply sad life and I feel sorry for you. Media is more than just what happens in the plot and knowing or not knowing what is going to happen. I, I, I find spoiler culture 
deeply disturbing from a media criticism standpoint. Spoilers don't matter. If a spoiler decides whether or not you are going to consume a piece of media, then in your mind that piece of media was not consuming worth consuming anyway. Uh, spoil yourself and then watch movies. Yes. That's what I do. I do that pretty regularly, too. Um, I'm just like, I want to... There's like two books <laughs> right next to you that I'm like, they're so relevant. Um, it's my 2004 porn studies and my copy of The Marvelous Clouds, which is a book on porn studies and a book on media philosophy, which is different from media theory. Interesting. I went to art school. Yes, you fucking did, you little <laughs> faggot. Yeah. I but went to liberal art school. Lib. No! I'm um, not beating the lib accusation. You absolutely are not. But, but yeah, this idea of like achieving pornotopia, so it's the idea that every element in, in a scene is, is pertinent. Mm -hmm. What I'm wearing, what my makeup looks like, what jewelry I have on, the timing of everything, the tempo of everything. I feel like that's really conducive to play parties because play parties make such a great stage for being very intentional about the elements of your scene. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's why... You can hear my chair creaking. Um, we might have to cut this out, but... Yeah, no, that's awesome. I find a very direct correlation uh, between how much I talk about sex with a partner before having it and the quality of said sex. Mm -hmm. um, not in like a communication is sexy kind of way. It definitely can be. But from this, the point of like the more work you put into making a scene satisfying to all parties, the more satisfying it's gonna be. Yeah, and I think also it's like some of those little things. It's like, when you're fucking me, make sure your hips move like this, not that, because if it feels better. You know, you're like you're not gonna hit the right spots if you're if you're not doing if you're not moving the right way. The meow button. You gotta hit the dedicated meow button. Um, you know, it's like when you pull on my leash, pull like this, not that. Um, you know, basic stuff that everyone should be talking about. Yeah. You know. Listeners, the prostate orgasm is very real. Anyone who says otherwise is living a deeply sad life, uh, and needs to find a better top. Jesus Christ. If you're having issues, like having a person being able to have a prostate orgasm with someone, but you're definitely interested in achieving it yourself, the Blush Avant D16 is really good. It's pretty small, all things considered, but it is perfectly shaped. Hey, it's not about the size. It's about the curvature. It's about the curvature. It's about the fucking curvature. <laughs> but because it's curved and it has a pronounced head... Mm. You can actually have an entire thrust, which is short, which can be nice. Um, the entire thrust, you can hit the prostate the entire time. Yeah, that's the good shit. And so this, uh, that's the dildo I recommend. It, 
I don't know. If if talking about the sex you want to have with someone is boring, you're a boring person. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, it's not that you're a boring person. It's that you're not actually interested in your own sex life. Like, I don't want to be judging or passing judgment on anyone, but, like, if you were interested in your own sex life, you would talk about it. And if you're not, you can watch, uh... Jean Hollywood gooning, uh, and that reflects yourself. Good job. Well, I think I think that's actually kind of a point. Is like, gooning is the perfect porn for the Zoomer generation. <gasps> there's a morning dove outside your window. Oh yeah, there's a family that lives cutie. on the stairs. Oh, I love morning doves. They're so cute. They're really pretty. Yeah, we had a morning dove that lived in the back named Zaneda. I like birds. I didn't know this about you. Really? No. You didn't know that I worked for five plus years? It's the bird thing that I didn't know. But oh. you like birds. Yeah, I got bullied for it in high school. Why? Because people are evil. The average person sucks. Oh. I do not believe in the inherent goodness of human beings. I believe in the inherent shittiness of human beings. Mm. That's not true. I just got bullied in high school and I'm sad about it. And now I incorporate it into my sexuality. I get bullied by hot girls and it makes me horny. <laughs> this is a normal response, guys, I swear. I think it is a normal response, actually. Yeah, no, like, if anything, reading this book has confirmed that, like, being a pervert is a pretty normal response to having a human imagination and living in the world. The, like, so many artists were huge pervs. Like, I'm reading this chapter about James Joyce. And, like, everybody knows about the James Joyce fart letters, mm -hmm. but that man was a freak. He was such a pervert. He was obsessed with anal, like, not surprisingly. But he writes to his wife about, like, oh, I see, like, a stain on your underwear, and it gets me just fucking crazy. Anyway, uh, if you want to be a better artist, uh, become a pervert. Yeah. No, and, and I think even beyond that, thinking about contemporary pornography and its relationship to, like, art and people, people say, people, because you hear this sometimes, like, oh, Zoomers are, like, prudes. We're not having that much sex. We're jerking off to the more, more depraved shit, though. Is that true? I think depravity is different from, like, fucked upness. Explain. Because, like, something can be fucked up, like, I want to see the stains on your panties and, you know, like, do all this, you know, fucked up, like, gross stuff. But I feel like there's less of an emphasis on, like, body grossness and kind of an emphasis on, like, spiritual grossness. Like, a lot of gooning is obsessed with, like, porn addiction and, like... This internal, like, you're, like, you're caught in this. You know, you, you can't escape. This is your addiction. Like, really, like, using language of addiction hmm. um, to, like, emphasize, like, 
Like, you can't control yourself. In 2023, we're sexualizing addiction. In 2023, we're sexualizing porn addiction, yeah. Damn. Porn addiction isn't real. Um, (laughs) How does this play into the incest shit? I think it plays in perfectly. I think, you know, it's like the taboo nature isn't taboo gross. I think there's... I think there's a... Because I think the body has become more sacred. Mm. This is a little fashy. I think I think the body being sacred um, comes from both kind of a historical moral, moral panic, but really comes from the emphasis, like kind of the solitariness of a lot of people's sexualities. Mm-hmm. You know, your body is a, not necessarily a temple, but it can't be, it can't be gross and horny. You can only be one. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I think there's definitely, like, more people are into, like, more people are open about the weird shit they're into, but I think fewer people genuinely are into, like, farts or, like, urine or, like, I don't know why I said urine, it's pass. Um, <laughs> but... I have a urination uh, fetish. Yeah, I think, I think there's less bodily fetishes. I mean, the foot fetishists are out here winning, still. Is it, like, statistically, though? Because it definitely, like, came and went as a meme. It's all about the incest now. Well, it's not technically incest. By what measure? There's steps of place. Okay, yeah, I mean, we're talking about live-performed porn. I'm talking about broader pornographic material. I'm talking about, like what the girls are sharing on Twitter and it's all fucking big sis, big bro. I think that might be somewhat self-selecting, but we can, we can check what's trending, what are the trending tags on... Oh, yeah. No, this is going to be very interesting. Yeah, let's see. Um... You can tell this site was made in the 1990s. <laughs> yeah. I like that. I like that. I, I like that it's not corporate and sanitized. Like, okay, at least from the online perspective, I have... Like, I know that incest fetishes are not conceptually new by any stretch of the imagination. The number one story on Literatica right now is an incest story. Boom. And so is the number three. And, and so is the, the number, number five. Two. So is the number two. A mother and son. Another. Sisters. Four, five, six, seven. The top... Oh, shit. The top ten. The top ten trending stories on Literatica yeah, are it, all incest. It, it literally takes you to story 11 before they're not incest. Damn. And those have a cumulative, like... Millions like, literally of a, like, literally a, but Like, literally over 100 million. 100 million. Which is actually kind of small in global population counts. But I think as, like... Also, oh, it's all, it's going to be like the top 20 porn hub. Yeah, but I want to so the most popular is mature teen milf. 
Well, these are categories. I want to I want to see individual video titles because mm-hmm. I think that's where we're really going to see. These are the hot it. porn videos. This is <sighs> Oh, this is exactly what Oh, the fucking Tinder in real life bullshit. That's so weird. Yeah, this is the content I was talking about. Let's see. Let's open it in a VPN tab so we can like it'll be free of every like everything that I've watched. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> stepmoms TikTok, Ugh. stepsister, stepsis, stepsister, stepmother, stepmother, stepsis. Yeah, it's it's all over there. And then yep. here, porn porn games hub, which is oh, it's all that weird three D animated <laughs> bullshit. Thanks Overwatch. Thanks Overwatch. Thank you for inventing the worst fucking category of porn known to mankind. Um, the many gifts of Overwatch. Stepfather, uh, hard to tell, but a lot of these are MILF, it's kind of hard. Mommy, daddy shit and like sibling incest are a little bit different. I mean, it's, it's still under the genre, but I'm not interested in like ranking them in terms of fucked upness because that's no, they're all, fucking they're, arbitrary. Because they're all but... the same. No, they're, they're the same. I'm just trying to see. So even on like Porn Games Hub, which is like bad. We don't need, we don't need that. We don't. We don't need all this porn. <laughs> we don't need all this porn on my screen. Um, is this too? Unrelated. I have been playing a geography trivia game in the background this entire episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I think there's really something to to that. It's like, it is the number one. Yeah. And I want to talk about how that's different from the historical role of incest in written pornography, at least described by Wilson, uh, the the author of this book I've been reading. So the way that historically authors have talked about incest is... It's just another layer on the cake of perversion. Like, with Desaad, the Marquis de Sade, mm-hmm. uh, you know, one of the prominent figures in the history of written pornography. Mm-hmm. Um, also a fucking loser by all standards. Um, and I would love to talk at length about the Marquis de Sade in a future episode because he's a fascinating case study. Um, but the way that, like, de Sade and other early pornographers use incest is just another element in what's already fucked up. Like, Desaad is basically throwing every fucked up thought conceivable at the wall and trying to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert, that many of it sticks. His writing is not that good. Um, But you compare that to these trends that we just saw, where the main focus of what makes the porn hot is the fact that it is incest. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why is this trending now? You know, what are the conditions that created Big Sibling? <laughs> this is 1984. <laughs> you will 
want to have sex with big sis? I think, if I mean, if I had to guess, it would be... Oh, wow. No, because I'm trying to think of, like, historic trends. And I'm, like, drawing a full circle here. If we're coming full circle, we're coming full circle. Yeah, well, I think it comes to shit the way people were exposed to porn. Elaborate. I think I think a non-zero number of people were likely exposed to porn through an older sibling. Really? I mean, I just think about like historically, like how did you know? How did you know in the in the eighties, right, or nineties? How did you become exposed to porn? Okay, like yeah, you stole your older brother's VHS tape from yeah. his bedroom and shit. But porn is now so private and personalized mm-hmm. and has been increasingly so over the past 50 years like actually a, a, a non-insignificant plot point in X uh, 2022 which I watched last night very good movie uh, and, and very relevant to this conversation like one of the taglines of the movie is uh, the producer of the porn that they're making saying it is possible to make a good, dirty movie. Uh, but the, the executive producer it, uh, has this whole tangent about the home video market uh, because it takes place in the late 70s just as that's beginning to erupt. And he's like, yeah, I want to hop on this trend early and capitalize on the importance of VHS porn as opposed to the older model of, like, you know... You go to the dirty picture show, uh, you know, in the red light district or whatever. Um, but yeah, I I I want to circle back to the incest, um, and I I think like yeah the yeah I know it's fucking ridiculous. To be clear, listener, my personal tastes do not gravitate in that direction. I'm not here to moralize it, uh, because that's so not what we are about. But my my complaint. I'll, I'll I'll come out and say it. If you if you like stepsis porn, that's a little weird. Yeah, I don't think it's that weird. It's not that weird. I... There's such a fucking mountain of historical precedent for it. Um, I I was just trying to be contrary, and I honestly don't have an opinion. <laughs> what I don't like. Is that a lot of it is fucking cringe. Don't be cringe with your sibling porn. Don't be cringe with your porn. Watch better porn. Watch better porn. Pay for porn. Pay for, if you pay for porn, the quality jump is so, like, you've got Aorta Films, you got Four Chambered, you've got Pink and White Productions, Crash Pad. Nice. Um, is another one that has some good stuff. Um, my friend who just got bottom surgery kind of a while ago at this point, was like, we were talking, and I was posting porn on my meme account, and, as you do, yeah. and she was like, oh my god, here is this porn site of, like, hardcore BDSM stuff. And it was pretty good. It was, it was a little bit too, like, industrial, like, 
daddy like dungeon of like the castle type shit yeah it was a little too like stainless steel i'm more i'm not really into the stainless steel look what they took from us i'm 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 more personally into like i'm actually not pro kink.com i just think the castle memes are really funny yeah, because it was a Harry Potter thing, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think uh, it was a Harry Potter I thing. I think so. God. What a fucking downgrade. Castle. San Francisco Armory. <laughs> the memes are funny. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's just the San Francisco Armory. Whatever. But the Kink Castle memes are great. And, I mean, I watched a lot of kink.com porn on Pornhub when I was, like, 16. Oh, same. Yeah. Oh, so much. There was, there was one they had that was, like, specific, like, the trans-specific ones. I don't remember watching a lot of trans-specific kink.com stuff. I didn't really... I didn't really watch a lot of trans porn for pornographic value. I was more just like, wow, this makes me feel something. I'm definitely horny, but there's more to it than that. I couldn't... I don't know, I... Don't know if this is still true, but I, it, it would be weird to test. But I, I couldn't get off if it wasn't trans. Yeah, that's Cause, fair. Cause Wanting I just felt, to see yourself. Reflected. Yeah, I just didn't. Yeah. I just didn't feel connected to the scene. There you go. I watched a lot of straight porn actually, because I think there was there was like a. Uh, kind of unconscious seeing myself as the woman when I was, like, being a capital F faggot and forcing myself to be attracted to men. Because, mm-hmm. like, shocker, gay porn didn't do it for me. I am sadly not a Fujoshi. <laughs> now I don't know how to talk to gay men because I didn't watch enough gay porn as a kid. I, I spent a few years, like, as a gay man. Yeah, we're both women of faggot experience, mm-hmm. but your faggot experience is significantly more than mine. Oh, yeah, because I was a faggot until I was, like, 20. Yeah. I, like, lived and was, like, doing fag shit until I was, like, Honestly, if you want to, like, uh, like, genuinely, until, like, two years ago, it was just a faggot. I was doing high school theater. That's pretty faggy. It is. It is. I was busy making men pay for my nose piercings. Nice. That only happened once. I don't know why I said twice. It was, it was implied it was plural. It was just the once. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I, before I forget, I ha- I'm going to propose a theory of... The rise of incest porn. I don't know why specifically right now, but I'm going to do it's a pandemic thing. Um, 
And I, like, you know, ongoing isolation and people being stuck at home. Ooh. All right. I'm taking a two-pronged approach here. It's a pandemic thing, and it's an economic thing. I'm actually going to go say I think it's an economic thing primarily because I think the rise of, like, the steps is porn or, like, you know, like, the, the incest porn that we see or it's, you know, not actually... You know what I, you know what I fucking mean. Um... I think that rise started before the pandemic, so I actually think it was an economic thing first. Accelerated by the pandemic. As all things are. Insert Atlantic article here. Are we in Atlanta? I would hope we're at least a New Yorker podcast. Oh, I'm not pro-Atlantic, to be clear. Yeah. I just read a lot of The Atlantic as a teenager and then fucking hated myself. We really did have the same adolescence. Yes, this is why we're best friends. <laughs> I once wrote an article... I'm, I'm not gonna cut this. Just because, like, people are like, Oh, Lucy, you're like a hot slut. No. I once... I entered into the Atlantic essay writing contest. Oof. What was the essay? It was about the Guggenheim in Bilbao. The Guggenheim Museum. Okay. What about it? About its exhibitions and its historical importance. And like... Bestie, I love you. That sounds boring as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Well, it was, it was... The prose was good. I'm sure it was. You're a very talented writer. That's just an objectively boring topic. Writing about an art museum? Yeah. Yeah. Boring as fuck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, to synthesize our ideas, I, I do think... If we're taking the economic approach to uh, sibling porn. Um, <laughs> a Marxist approach. <laughs> a Marxist approach to sibling porn. Uh, uh, autist trans girl, please repost our content. Um, <laughs> Siscon sweep! Um, but yeah, I think it is with... Uh, the recession that we're in, and we are in a recession. I'm not interested in hearing otherwise. I'm not an economist. I'm just unemployed. Um, um I have graduate training in economics. Uh, we're in a recession. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so a lot of people either are just staying, uh, with their parents or, uh, have to move back into their childhood homes uh, and so in a lot of cases, or, you know, like you work from home, but you still live with your parents, um, in a lot of cases, uh, the sexuality, uh, is along with the rest of life is being combined, uh, confined to the domestic space. And I think it is just kind of a, uh, not necessarily logical, but, you can kind of see the progression between uh, a, a significant number of, of young people uh, not having much of a life outside the home and incorporating the domestic into their sexuality. And I, I know from experience with people who are really into this shit, it definitely 
it is is more complicated than just like I'm a loser and I don't leave the house and I live with my parents uh and so I want to fuck theoretical big sis but I I think that that greater lack of uh, a sexuality outside of a very limited domestic space has a very direct contribution to the rise of sibling porn. Uh, because, uh, without naming any names, frankly, the, the people I know who are most into that kind of dynamic are people who are not necessarily very socially active outside of strictly online spaces or their social life is almost entirely relegated to hookups and, you know, sexuality. It's not a perfect theory, but I do think we're on to something. I also, so I pulled up the, oh, this is 2018, but if I could pull up 2008. Divorce rates. I want to see divorce rates from 2008-2009. Oh, right down there. This is 2009, but it's so 2019 and 2009, so this is actually the one. Divorce rates compared to 2011. This is like boring data, the boring data science section of the, of the podcast. But we're going somewhere with this. Please trust us, dear listener. Yes. I'm trying... So what I'm saying is that, like, cohabitation is common. Mm. And divorce rates... Basically, what, I'm, what, what I want to take to your theory and run with it is that you're having more people who are, aren't related living in a space together. Cohabitation. Um, you're having... Would you say that's like in a relationship that could resemble a sibling dynamic? Yeah, I'm saying it could resemble a sibling dynamic where like someone gets divorced and then cohabitates in a way that would you know be the steps parent relationship, mm-hmm. but is 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 not. And I think yeah, a lot of the domestic. I think a lot of people's sexualities, you know, we're we're developing. You know, and talking about like people a little older than us and a little. You know, in you know their mid late twenties, thinking about those groups of people, um, as they encounter and grow their own sexuality, um, you know, that domestic sphere, and that domestic sphere being, you know, there's a lot of people that you're not related to. There's also a lot of divorce. There's a lot of family separation happening. You know, two thousand eight to two thousand eleven, mm-hmm. and the numbers seem to play, play that out. Definitely. Marriage rates decline in the early 2000s and then level out by about 2011. All right. Oh, interesting. Oh, shit. Yeah. 40% of children are born outside of marriage in the U.S. as of 2014. Yeah, okay. And that number dramatically spikes in 2000. You see this spike? Oh, shit. Yeah. 2008 is that big spike that actually has gone down. Mm -hmm. But I think the biggest single leap was actually in the early 90s of um, 1.6%. Interesting. But 2007 is 39.7. 41. That's also, that's 1.3%. So it's also pretty substantial. Yeah. Even if there's over a two-year period. 
so I think that's I think that's a pretty pretty big influence um, on on this is that there's a lot of people who have a single parent and then they cohabit their parents cohabitate with someone and I would say that that isn't and a lot of that relationship is economically driven mm-hmm. um, by the dot com boom and more importantly the 2008 financial crisis. Anyways, I'm just a dumb kitty. <laughs> <laughs> This is why I go to grad school, <laughs> is to statistically prove that there is a correlation between bastards. 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 People born outside of marriage. And, and I would say those people, if we want to look back at the chart, these are people born around here, right? This leap correlates to this leap. Mm-hmm. The people from here are going to start developing a sexuality around here. As uh, the bastard rate yeah. is continuing to spike. So the bastard those who were born in this, this, the, 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 the 1993... Can, can we coin the term bastard boom? <laughs> the, the, 19, the early 90s bastard boom. So you have the people born in the early 90s bastard boom develop their sexuality around the 2008 financial boom. Financial bastard boom. Ah. So they develop their sexuality in that way. So what I'm thinking is those are people... Because these kids have to grow up at some point, right? They They're grow- millennials. Millennials never really grow up. <sighs> Fucking Peter Pan-ass generation. <laughs> no, my relationship to millennials... Um, in that I have to sigh and endure their existence... But yeah, these people from 19, born, you know, 1993 to 1994 would be developing sexuality, you know, early teenage years, 2007, 2009. Mm-hmm. A lot of cohabitation, non-marriage. They're going to have a lot of, lot of step-siblings. Yeah. And this valley, you know, from the 90s to the early 2000s is also telling. Because you would expect... Right, you would expect what we're seeing here from 2008 onward to start happening here. Mm-hmm. But it's still going up, in fact. The numbers say... The numbers the numbers, and the economic theory and the pandemic theory, I think, really, because that's, you know, it brings it full cycle. So what did we learn today? Uh, that uh, incest kink is a rational response to life under late-stage capitalism. And gooning. I think they're, they're, the, the, spiritual, the spiritual deprivation created by late capitalism and the affect of isolation is represented in gooning and the breakdown in the family unit is re- reflected in steps as porn. Yeah. 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 Strive to have a... Sexuality outside of the domestic sphere. I think I, that really is what it boils down to. Yeah, no, uh, you know, 12 steps for living, fucking clean your room, uh, you know, don't skip leg day or something. Clean, clean your room and get cruised at Grover Cleveland Park. So true. Have sex with strangers. Have sex with strangers. Please, please be careful. Don't no, actually. Yeah, no, don't have sex with strangers. Yeah, don't, uh, don't listen to us, because I'm just a kitty. Yeah, we're just, 
We're just silly little animals. I think I think the animal noises would will will, will they they couldn't they we they have to acquit us right because we make little animal noises. Yeah. We can't be held responsible for our actions. Exactly. I've never taken responsibility for any actions. <laughs> I know for a fact that isn't true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I want to hang out in the accountability crate. They they done put me in the accountability <laughs> Have crate. Have I shown you the dog crate that I have? The what? <laughs> the what? <laughs>